your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson, James Boyman, and Ryan Williams. Welcome back, folks, to the American Toffee Podcast. James here, joined by Ryan. Still missing Alex, who returns from his honeymoon today, and I believe he's traveling, so therefore missed Everton's 2-1 loss to Manchester United at Goodison Park. United's second win in eight matches against EFC, so we've had a relatively decent record against them as of late. However, did not see much of that today. We will get into the analysis, what went wrong, what needs to improve besides everything. We'll get into more specific detail than that. But before we do, just a reminder that if you enjoy the show, if you like the American Toffee podcast, which we hope you do, please do us a huge favor and leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Helps us out a ton, helps new listeners find the show, so on and so forth. If you want to join our Discord server, great community of folks on there, invite.gg slash ATP. And give us a follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at USA Toffee Pod. Much appreciated all around. Let's go into instant match reactions. Ryan copied me. He's a copier. And we have the same one, but I think it's a really good one and deserves to be highlighted. From Scott EFC at Evertonian underscore in NY said, Reality check for sure. There is still a lot of work that needs to be done with this team. We have all season given up a lot of goal scoring opportunities, not created enough, and somehow somewhat survived games. Sadly, we got found out today, but we go again next week. I think that's right. And if you've listened to this show at all before, this sort of narrative kind of fits right in with exactly what we've discussed. I think the other shoe dropped a little bit today. We were poor. And although it ultimately came down to two kind of poor giveaways leading to goals, our backline got exposed and we looked well off the pace compared to our United side who played just three days ago. So I think Scott kind of nails it. We've been riding our luck and the luck kind of dried up today. What about what are your thoughts, Ryan? I think of it the same way. You can't ask Jordan Pickford to be a world-class goaltender in every second of every game. And and ultimately today, there were two semi-breakaways that would have been tough saves that he didn't make. And uh, that's that's a difference. I mean, you just can't ask. We give up way too many chances. The back line is still somewhat porous. And, and yeah, I think Scott nails it. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done with this team. Uh, I think the biggest disappointment today was what we thought was the strength of our team. Um, the midfield was torn apart pretty badly today. And I think there's some reasons for that, which we'll get to in a second. We did have a couple score predictions, right? So apparently the pessimistic folks are are out and about on the Discord. Well, few and far between, actually, because I think we probably had at least a dozen people correctly predict the score, but the the opposite result, predicting an Everton win. So just two correct score predictions today. We had Zach Landy and Caramel Crunch 10, who've been in and amongst the correct folks all season. And uh, tip of the cap to them. And I, I predicted a 4-0 win, so uh, I'm reverting to pessimistic score predictions from here on out. But let's wind the clock back, Ryan. Weird kickoff time, I think, First and foremost, 2 p.m. for us on the East Coast. Our folks on the West Coast got a uh, quite nice for them, I guess, 11 a.m. kickoff and a weird evening Sunday game for those folks who were able to attend at Goodison Park. Their lineups drop and Manchester United come out with a surprisingly, I think, unchanged side considering they played fairly recently. I think probably the bigger surprise was that they played so many guys in the match in Cyprus in the Europa League three days ago. You know you're going to expect a 4-2-3-1, although it wasn't exactly that in build-up for the most part. Um, from Ten Hag, more like really a, a 1-DM. We'll get to that in a second. He did make fewer changes than we thought. I mean, Anthony Martial came in for Cristiano Ronaldo, briefly. <laughs> um, Marcus Rashard came on for Sancho, and Luke Shaw came in for Malicia. Um it's funny, too, because both the Rashford and the Shaw subs happened at halftime on Thursday in a match that wasn't necessarily going their way all that well. Um, but you had to be thinking, OK, Christian Eriksen went 90. I think Casemiro went 81. Uh, Delo, all both center halves, they all went 90. So you got to be thinking, I'm going to hang on on this one. Maybe these guys will wear out a little bit. Everton lineup, not, not a ton of surprises here. A little bit some surprise on the bench. But the lineup, I guess it's good to say we don't have a plethora of injuries, so we're scrambling around too much. I mean, we do, but at least we haven't had you know, a lot of changes the last couple of weeks, I suppose. Yeah, nothing super recent as far as injuries. The only change that, that Frank makes is he 
drops McNeil for Gordon, which is just the inverse of what he did last match, right? So pretty consistent lineup choices. And again, we've been unbeaten, so you're not going to change what's been a quote-unquote successful formula. Getting results, getting points, that's what sure. matters. Um, the interesting thing, I guess, in terms of the bench is that no Abdullah Decore. So you have James Garner and Tom Davies basically as your midfield options, um, which no word on it. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, I'm sure something will have come out, but you have to assume it's probably an injury because Gotta be. uh, unless Frank has completely lost his marbles and he's picking Tom Davies over Decore, uh, I, I can't think of any other explanation. It's got to be that. And then obviously Dominic Calvert-Lewin coming back into the fold was a big yeah. event for us, for sure. Um, although the moped gets the start. So let's talk about the the setup. We were in our typical 4-3-3, but there was a notable change, which I kind of want to get your opinion on. Um, Ghana was kind of sitting, not consistently in the first half, um, but Onana was definitely primarily on the left side with the Wobi on the right, and they flip-flopped a little bit. Uh, I think there's some questions whether Gordon and Gray as a pair can be effective. We haven't seen them be effective, and I don't think today was an exception to that. But that change was also accompanied by, I mean, sometimes we pressed up higher. Uh, sometimes we sat back too deep. But the fluidity of the midfield is clearly something Frank had encouraged because at times you had Ghana having the freedom to press higher, and then Onana would have to fill in for him or Awobi. And, and I get that you want to be fluid. And you want to put some pressure on them too, um, but I'm I'm curious why you thought we were so flexible in this match, and why Onana's primary side was on the left. Because I, I keep I'm tossing back and forth in a couple different ideas, but I've not really settled on anything. Well, I think if you have a settled team and you want to try to play a little more expansively, and you want your players to play with, with more fluidity, then it makes sense. Like give them more freedom to give them more positional freedom, and then you can perhaps create different matchups against the defense. Um, unfortunately, I think it really just kind of scrambled everything good that our midfield had done, had been doing in the, in the preceding weeks. And we just ended up looking really disorganized and got kind of run over by United's midfield. Also, I think with Sheamus in the fold, you do want to have some support on the right-hand side. So I can see having uh, a Wobi over there to provide that additional support maybe makes sense. But I mean, Onana it was, does that more, don't you? Th- if anything, that keeps a Wobi deeper. I, I, I don't. I mean, the goal should be, to me, the, the first and foremost thing you want from the midfield is to get Alex a Wobi consistently forward as much as possible. And then secondary to that, I think having Ghana deep to break up play is is important. And then Onana can just sort of fill in the gaps and be be more versatile because I think he's more of a a middleman between those two in terms of stylistic or style of play. So it definitely stuck out that we were very disjointed, but it didn't help that we were also just very sloppy with the ball and couldn't string passes together and a lot of individual mistakes, flat footedness, et cetera. That's true. Uh, That being said, you also got to give United credit. I mean, they, they were, they had control in possession, at least in the first half, the second half got a little, as my wife would say, cattywampus. Um, (laughs) But it, it was very interesting how they build out too, because they were playing mostly on the left. And, uh, what was the attacking number, James? I think it was pretty, pretty 44% on the left side. I think that's what who scored tells us. That's a big number. Um, Definitely going after Coleman and Cody for sure. And knowing that a on that side, I mean, Alex is good at pressuring the ball, but not necessarily defending deep. I mean, it's not necessarily his bread and butter, but um, if you notice, they were doing some interesting things. Um, They were pressing one fullback up higher. The other one rotate back. Um, In fact, it was interesting more often than not. Delo seemed like he was higher and Shaw would tuck in to make a back three, and and Lissandro Martinez was kind of the quarterback in the back. He had 102 touches, way more than anyone else. I've seen him pass the ball a lot better, though, honestly. He wasn't, I thought, great on the ball today, but he also didn't lose it. I mean, they had so few dispossessions. Casemiro would sit, and then, I mean, they had pushed the other four guys, I mean, way up at times, you know, and um, that made it hard. That made it very hard for us. And I think where it was really problematic is knowing the Ten Hag likes to play with a lot of pressure when they lost the ball, which they, you know, I've, they didn't have quite as much control all the time when they did. They had so many players up high. We just could not play it out of it. So we were kind of, but look, we did a whole episode, well, multiple episodes on last year and a team assessment. And what was the big theme that we came on with is we struggled Teams pressured us more than any other club in the league last year, and we struggled with it. And that's why I thought when I knew the matchup coming in, I was thinking, 
we'd get killed. I mean, I thought this would be a very one-sided match. Um, it wasn't quite as one-sided as I thought it was, certainly not in the second half. Maybe they ran out of steam because they played on Thursday. Who knew? Uh, who knows? But I, I think ultimately it was a byproduct of both us being sloppy and them outdoing us and moving the ball very well. I mean, even the high pressure did create some problems, but not enough. Um, that being said, I mean... I don't know which was better or worse. We'll get into halftime, James, but most of their shots seem to come from outside other than, in essence, the two huge chances they had that they buried. Yeah, right. I mean, it it just comes down to the goals that they finished, though we were, we were certainly on the back foot almost from the, the very get-go, despite a Wobie's goal, which was beautiful, and we'll we'll go through all the details on that in just a second. But it was it was domination, and you'd hope, as you said, Ryan, with the being the the more well-rested team being at home under the lights at Goodison Park you'd hope that we'd come out and, and try to dictate the game a little bit more than we did there's a talent disparity and, and and also again you just have to be pragmatic which is what we want I think maybe that fell by the wayside a little bit today but there was a He's lot hard. of it, his teams are hard to be pragmatic against too that that's why I thought this was such a bad matchup I mean he really throws caution to the wind there were a couple times early where I thought since he's, I mean, he forces his defenders to defend. I mean, if you could pick a pass off and take off and counter, they only got so many guys back there. So you're going to force them to defend one V one thought there were some opportunities to, to maybe get behind him and get by him. We just didn't don't have it really the ability to do it or didn't have it today. Um, Let's get into the, into the timeline. But before we do that, James, let's take a quick little break for our sponsors. All right, let's get into it, Ryan. Let's get into the timeline because there were certainly some exciting moments, and I think for Everton fans, none more exciting than in the fifth minute when Alex Awobi just beautiful goal. Not a strength of his that we've talked about much goal scoring, obviously, but this comes very early on, and even that early on, I think, against the run of play, it's a banger of a goal. And I think the the play that sets everything up is Onana bodying Casemiro, winning the ball back in a dangerous area. You know, it was a clean tackle and glad that there was no no foul call. It goes to Gray. Gray does what he does. He kind of lingers on it too much. Eventually, uh, he takes a couple touches. The ball ends up at Awobi's feet outside the box, and he's looking to shoot all day, and he curls it. Top bins, top 90. Everton up 1-0, and we're away and we're flying. And okay, now we just have to uh, see this one out for another 85 or so minutes. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. And, and there was some pressure early um, and this was a bit of a byproduct of it. I mean, you've got a midfielder stepping up, attacking a defensive mid, winning the ball. And yeah, that's an amazing shot. I mean, this God, is it's so good, man. Uh, spectacular. I mean, this is kind of how he scores his goals, you know, a nice little curler in the corner. I mean, he's not going <laughs> to, he's not going to put his toe down and just, you know, smoke one. So and I, he's hit some ridiculous goals for Nigeria. The fact that he even attempts some of these is something, but this is great. You know, it's really and good to see him score. He's got a, he's got some goals in his bag. People keep saying, oh, I can't shoot. He's not a great shooter, but he still gets himself in enough dangerous positions. He's going to score a couple. And yeah, sure. And I, and I actually thought when it came out to him that he was just going to try to like rifle it, but he just puts this nice little loft on it. The curl, De Gea, not a chance in the world at getting to that. And again, we're away and flying. Uh, unfortunately, things turned the other way relatively quickly. We could not. We weren't going to be able to sit back, absorb pressure for 85 minutes and expect not to concede. Not with this defense, not with this team. It's just completely unrealistic. We just kept getting halfway. I mean, when we sat back, we sat back way too deep. I mean, we know our back line is is don't want to press forward. It's not their bread and butter. But you could see our midfield was so deep at times. I mean, you know, Mope was just by himself. There was a huge gap there. They were so deep when we'd win the ball, we, we really couldn't get it forward. Um, the goal though, that we conceded was pretty soon afterwards, but wasn't really a byproduct of, of us and their sustained pressure. It was a ball where, you know, Ghana thought he had a little more time on it. Maybe that he didn't took his eye off it, had a little bit of a sloppy touch. Now that being said, I mean, it's a bad giveaway and, and this does happen, but it's just rifle. You know, it's like bang, Bruno to Martial, Martial to Anthony, Tark turns the other way and runs away from Anthony for some reason. That was very strange. Um, Anthony, of course, on his left the whole time. He's incredibly left-footed. Pickford does not take the best angle here. I mean, I think he's got to force him to do something with his right side. Doesn't. Um, slots it into the corner. And look, uh, it's a bad giveaway. And Ghana was not the best. Not at his best today. And I think part of that, the lack of roles and the fluidity, I think, in the midfield contributed to that. Um, 
I, I mean, look, you can't ask Pickford to make too many, so many of these saves. It's a bad giveaway, but it does disappoint me a little bit that the second goal we'll get to that one is a much bigger disappointment. But it, you know, it's just, it just stinks, you know. And and it was uh, Anthony's a really talented player, but ultimately, I think that's a more reflective of the way the match was going. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean. It was for me. It was kind of only only a matter of time. I thought we'd be able to hold out a little bit longer, but the Ghana, you know, Ghana doesn't give them the goal, obviously. But when you're when he is the deepest def- defensive midfielder, <clears throat> can't do that, and you give it away, and everyone else is expecting us to start to build up, and you've got your fullbacks getting forward, and all of a sudden they have the ball and they attack very quickly, very directly, and we're able to get the goal. Um, sloppy all around, and unfortunate to concede in that manner so quickly after we took the lead. Um, then it kind of, the game fell into a little bit of a lull. United still dictating play Martial in the 29th minute who had, I believe was making his first appearance of the season. He's been injured, um, for quite a while for start, I think. Cause I yeah, feel like he start, was, he, right. he was in, in Europe. Maybe it was his first appearance in the league. I'm not sure you, I, I, I want to say the commentator said that, but I could be incorrect, but he picks up an injury, picks up a knock. Didn't look very pleased coming off, but Ronaldo comes on a little bit of foreshadowing there. Of course, um, in the 29th. And again, while we were getting dominated, there weren't any major chances for for either team, really, other than shortly before the half, the Casemiro header, where he is like the third guy making the run, times it really well, everyone else is occupied, no one picks him up, and he's total free header, and he just kind of botches the execution. It's disappointing. By the way, Martial had played twice no starts never for more than 45 minutes uh twice in the league and and europa so this was his first start of the season period um it, this is just a bad play i mean it's a deeper run i get it sometimes they're hard to pick up but mikolenko has to step forward he's making a run behind tarkowski i mean what is he going to worry about the guy that's way behind him on the 18 he has to pick that guy up and it's a slow reaction and just a poor play and i think i, I was thinking wow that was the big chance before half. We're going to get lucky and we're going to get to half at 1-1. And sure enough, we've got another goal. Now, this play I don't think is quite as bad as the Ghana play. It's got Alex Awobi with the ball on the right. We'll get into that in a second because I hate him on the right. I think it completely neutralizes what his talents are. Tries to beat a player. Now, I think the reason why I did this, Gray was sitting wide and I think he wanted to pass it to him. And Gray cut inside. And Alex is kind of, oh boy, what do I do now? Tried to beat him. We know he's a good dribbler, but this is Casemiro, for heaven's sake. You're not going to beat him. And he stuffed him. I think Casemiro was like four or five on tackles. Uh, Far and away the most tackles of anyone uh, on either team, uh, which is interesting how much possession they had. He lost it. And then it's one pass and Ronaldo is gone. And to me, that is inexcusable. I mean, I don't understand where the shape is and how you can let someone. Fine. You let someone get in the wide channel. Okay. But I think ultimately the problem is you've got a guy like Connor Cody. You can't run. And he can't play like that. And this is one of the critiques of him as to why why he almost has to play in, in a three um, when he's out there trying to defend in space. And it's not just him. I mean, Coleman can't defend in space anymore either. Mikolinko is slow-footed, although he's you know positionally decent. Tark's maybe a little better in space, but he's not good defending in space either. And this is ultimately the problem. If our midfield is not at its best protecting the back line, this is what happens. Now, look. And we were going back. I was going back and forth that with with a couple people. But it's a bad play by Wobi. It's a bad decision. But come on, man. If he's going to be like you said, our most you want him to have the most freedom of all our midfielders, right? If that's the case, you have to support him. I mean, where was Coleman? Right. Where right. was Ghana? Where was Onana? Um, it, it, he lost it on like the thirty-five or the forty. It, it should not have resulted in an immediate boom. Pickford doesn't do well on this one either. He lets it go kind of near post and low. But it's Cristiano Ronaldo. It's seven hundredth goal. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, come on. It's only going one way when Ronaldo's barreling towards goal and he's got Connor Cody in front of him as the last last guy, right? That's that's just how it's how it's going to go. And you're right, Ryan. I think the the key thing is, okay, a little ambitious from Alex to try that, but you have to be more prepared and quicker to adjust to a turnover than we were on either goal. Because they're just, you know, again, United deserve some credit. They were very direct and they went right at us and we weren't prepared for it. And that's, that's, I think, in a way, good coaching. Like they know the weaknesses of this team and they exploited it very well on that play. And they have the players to do it too. Let's be honest. I mean, Erickson or Bruno, if they get the ball, gone. Casemiro, even as a six, he made that play. That's a defensive mid. Do you think McTominay or Fred make that pass? Unlikely. 
Maybe, at best. But probably not. Yeah. And, that, and that's why they spent all the money for him, even though he's older. But yeah. I mean, we got done with better quality, but you've got, I mean, you got to wonder, like you see Alex in that position. How is the defense not set up at least to support him? I don't know, but I think that was today, you know, and, and we get to halftime ultimately. And look, I mean, it was, we were pressured, you know, and, and it was, it was not close. I mean, the, the possession was 69.5%, 86% pass rate. Uh, Squonka news has some stats in here. Um, it was just too easy to bypass our midfield, James. I mean, the switching created gaps, created poor shape. The back line was too deep. It was just too easy. Um, Adam Yukono at why Adam, why that's pretty good. Actually, normally it's the, that's, that's good. I'm happy to see that his uh, response to me, my tweet, there was a shape. I mean, at times, yeah. no, at times you couldn't even tell you at times. You couldn't even tell you're expecting to see gone into six. The second he went for it, I think that's ultimately the problem. I mean, if there's a little fluidity between Alex and Onana, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I want, I just want to woe be on the left. And, and I, I just Ghana has to sit. If he doesn't sit with our back line, I think we're in, we're in trouble. So unless mean is going to come back in the fold very soon, someone that can defend a little bit better in space or, or Ben Godfrey can get healthy because he has pace. I think you got to be very careful pushing high, but then you saw what happened when we pushed deep. So either way, it didn't work. Uh, and I mean, look, the numbers are <laughs> incredibly one-sided. Yeah. I mean, Squawka news put this out at halftime. I mean, the XG 0.07 for Everton to 1.11 for Manchester United. That's, that's pretty br- brutal. What's even more impressive is that's Wobie's goal. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and then one to eight in shots, one to four in shots on target. This one, very, very painful, and they highlighted a similar one on the broadcast. Touches in opposition box, one for Everton, 10 for Manchester United. They were all over us, and then, as you said, Ryan, the, the 31% to 69% possession. Um, pretty comprehensively dominant by Manchester United, and we really couldn't get get a foothold at all other than the foot of Alex Iwobi giving us the early lead. Yeah, I, I think DL makes a good point here, though. And and this is where you can kind of analyze what really went wrong. And, and a lot of people tend to jump on individual errors. So I kind of like what he said. So DL Barks at Everton Barks, his quote is, people will point to individual errors, but I felt the approach was wrong from the start. We were far too willing to let them have the ball and dictate, which increases the likelihood of those errors in dangerous spots. And He's right in a way. I mean, well, look, I mean, we started out, I think, a little bit more on the front foot. But when we started sitting back and they have those people up top, if you do lose the ball, they're in great position to counter. So you can't be careless with the ball. Um, He's right in a way. I mean, but I don't know if either of those two circumstances were definitely a great example of it. Other than other than you could argue um, a Wobi with the ball. We, we were still kind of they were still slow getting back. Thus, they had some numbers. I will say this, though. The second they passed it forward, I mean, everyone was flying forward. So yeah, that's part of it. I mean, they, they were more together and you could tell they were confident with the ball. And look, let's be honest. They have a bunch of tremendous passers that are incredibly precise. Yeah, it, it, I think the talent disparity as well as the individual errors. But I, for DL, I, I understand the point, but I also it's like, what's the alternative? Are we going to try? I mean, we could try to possess the ball against United, but then we we don't play well when we're under pressure. We talked about that so much that that's almost equally as naive to try to just play tiki taka around United when they're going full bore press on you, because then that also leads to individual errors or bad passes that turn the ball over. So unfortunately, it just became too much. Just hoof it long to re- to provide a release of the pressure and that again that was just a losing proposition as well because it gave the ball right back to them because Mopai wasn't yeah was the only guy up there no and I'll tell you what I mean we could talk about we have a quote later that's going to address the officiating because I think it actually made a big impact today in terms of letting it play um Frank obviously agreed with them a little bit because we came out pushing much higher in the second half and trying to put pressure on Manchester United now you could argue maybe they just lost some steam because it was fairly sloppy until about the very end, and it was still sloppy, but we had more chances. But if I'm going to look at this United team, knowing they played three three matches ago, I, I don't necessarily disagree with him. I mean, I, I don't see, like, Bruno Fernandes can pressure a bit, and Erickson's slow, and, I mean, I don't see all these super, Ronaldo, he's not going to play defense and pressure a lot. So to me, I think that's an opportunity to keep the ball a little bit, at least in the midfield. And and we had few moments of doing it, but why not sit on it a little bit? I I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I think there's something. I just look at their midfield and I think there's no reason why. Yes, Casemiro is very good, but he's more of a deeper sitting guy. There's no reason why we couldn't have had the ball a little bit more. 
but yeah, it's tough. Then do you pressure? Do you try and do exactly what they do and get gashed in the back? It's, it's a fair point, James. It's tough. You know, I mean, this is, this is a well-drilled side that had a very distinctive identity today, played it and, and got the win, even though I don't think United was absolutely amazing. Um, look, the second half went along here and it was pretty sloppy. I mean, no team was really favored, no great chances at all. Um, and I'm kind of curious what you thought of the subs because it seemed like the type of match where, you know, a sub maybe could make that big impact. Um, they didn't really make any other than the early subs, which I found was interesting considering how many of these guys played. Um, so I'm kind of curious what you thought about the McNeil in for Gordon sub and then the Gardner, Dominic Calvert-Lewin in for Seamus and Ghana subs did and whether it helped or I mean it changed things a little bit I suppose and it seemed like we were playing a little bit more 442 and 424 I mean obviously when Rondon came on we were throwing caution the wind sure. up top but I mean at one point we were kind of playing with two strikers or you could say more of a second striker yeah. I don't know if we really looked any better though No I don't I don't really think so I really you know McNeil in the 67th the first sub I was really hoping that he would come on even earlier because if there's you know one of his strengths especially compared to Gordon, who he replaced, is the ball retention aspect. Yeah. I don't think Gordon did that very well. I think if we're trying to get the ball forward and maintain some sort of sustained pressure in the final third, then you can do a lot worse than Dwight McNeil. So I was pleased to see him come on again. Thought it was a tad late when we're still chasing the game. I just thought Anthony Gordon was completely off the pace today. Did not think he looked good at all, um, other than the the crunching tackle that he was yellow carded for, um, which was was good to see. But he had a couple dribbles, two for three in tackles and an interception. But on the other end of the pitch where you need him to contribute, he was he was just not not well, good. Put it this way. Anthony Gordon had 23 touches in 66 minutes. Dwight McNeil had 19 after he came on. And I I think that's it. And and look, some of it's tactical. Like he's trying to run in behind and I get that, but that's why I just don't like the combo of him and gray. Sure. Um, But, and I, and I think, I just think McNeil is, is better. Like you said, at keeping the ball, but maybe the thought is, Hey, we can keep the ball in control a little bit more when they're tired. Either way, Gordon didn't play great. Um, I, I thought it's good to see DCL come in. Uh, James Garner, I don't think is anywhere near being a, a good premier league player, but he's got a great right boot and, and maybe Frank thought, especially when you have the two strikers in there, here's a guy that can play a little deeper in midfield and really serve the ball. So I'm, I'm assuming that's what he was thinking, pulling Ghana and bring Gardner in. I mean, he's, we got to score, right? We're down two to one. I still hate Alex Awobi at right back. And, but I guess you need to attack, but th- th- see, this is the classic example where I hope fans would say that's amazing that Alex is versatile and will sacrifice for the team. They probably won't say that, but we saw exactly what happens. Um, I also thought we got bailed out a little bit on the, on the goal that they, they scored. I thought that was all over. And I, I think a three, one scoreline would have been a little more appropriate here. Tark definitely got bailed out big time here. Oh yeah. I mean, there were a couple of, I mean, United were breaking and I think Tark had at least one other last ditch challenge. And this one actually, that one came off this one. Rashford kind of anticipates makes a little bounce. Um, just quickly on the other two subs. Great to see DCL back. Ghana needed to, to come off and Coleman needed to come off as well. The dude just doesn't have the legs anymore. It's amazing. Like, you know, people, we're, we're talking about how badly we miss Patterson. And I don't think, and I would agree with that. And I don't necessarily think that's because Nathan Patterson is like amazing. I think he's been pretty solid for us so far, but you just, there's just such a drop off now between him and Coleman, even just in terms of ability to run and keep up with defenders or, or wingers that it was, it was a clear problem. And you saw United just kind of picked on him all day on the handball. Yeah. Last ditch challenge. Um, that's what you get when you have guys that can't run with people is they have to make those sort of risky plays they because do. otherwise they're going to get blown by. And this one didn't work out. Um, bailed out. I, honestly, when I first saw the replay the first couple times, I didn't even see where it hit his hand. I thought it just came up against his body. So I was like, wow, we got the ultimate bailout. But then upon further review and further scrutiny, it did touch his arm. He did go on to score. That's the rule as it's written. So, I mean, tip of the hat to the Premier League referees for actually enforcing rules correctly uh, do we give them any credit on that no because they uh, didn't do the same thing in the west ham match and gave west ham a goal for it even though it yeah, barely that, hit the guy's hand i mean but again, that's not us that's not i know us. i'm just saying the rules are the rules like it's unbelievable how inconsistent they were they were enforced and if we're talking about rules here well, let's talk about our last sub solomon ronan comes in for the moped who just you know couldn't really get out of first gear <laughs> sorry 
I could do this. Oh, I could do no, it all day. That, I mean, that's um, good. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. You know, the second he came on, of course, there were several tweets out there saying, yes, good. Well, that's a good idea. Bring the two big guys and run them at the, the short center back. Like, oh, my God, how many aerials have we had? Um, but look, we were resigned basically to firing crosses in at their back line at this point. And hey, I mean, nothing else worked. had worked. No, it I, almost I, worked. Right. Now, but before we get into that, since we were talking about the officials, so McTominay comes in in the 84th, immediately has a horror tackle that they determine is a yellow. Now, first of all, I'm curious whether you thought it was a red, but more importantly, can you believe that was the first yellow given to United? Oh, wait. I want to, I want to like, I want to act shocked here, but the it, the the bar is so low that it's 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 almost expected but yeah McTominay could have been shown as uh marching orders very quickly for that challenge it was very risky we've seen countless times that be given a red against us for even less for even less contact it's really high it's really reckless um just a, a bad play overall but yeah i mean by the 84th minute we were just hoofball let's get or not hoofball but just get it wide ping across in no matter if you're 40 yards from the box if you're 20 yards from the box just if you're in the vicinity and you're in a wide area just launch it in and let's hope that dominic calvert lewin or rondon or onana can nod one home and you know that that is a very desperate approach but nothing else had worked to that point and we were in fact desperate so we resorted to a desperate tactic it's pretty awful but i i think from the 46th to the 89th uh minute in the second half totally uneventful four four to four in shots Nothing on target. I mean, we had two blocks, so at least they had two that might have been on target eventually. Um, they only had one dispossession that whole time, according to who scored. It felt like it, though. I mean, it just yeah. did. I mean, I, first half, I can't even remember what that number is, too, but it's I mean, it's really, really low. Understat had us at 0.21 XG at that point through the 89th for the whole match. And then <sighs> things did get a little crazy. I mean, the 89th minute on, we had four corners, five shots. <laughs> I will say this, though. In the 89th, there's the header that Onana had. And, and look, we said this on past pods. He gets up there, man. You know, he's way above everyone. He's not that great at heading a ball, at least not yet. But his sheer athleticism, I mean, oh, God, to watch. This is a classic example. So Lissandro Martinez is not that bad at heading a ball. He's truly not, even though he's short. He can jump. But there are times where if you're in a dead standstill, but this goes for anyone. I mean, Onana was a foot and a half higher than him, but no one's going to go up here if a player's running at you. I mean, it's just not... I know Rafael Benitez thought that was the case when he did his zonal marking, that he thought people can magically, from a dead standstill, <laughs> jump and win. <laughs> Sorry, it's too easy. Um, we got, I mean, we're, this, we're, we're deep in the weeds here for going this with, is the one, with Rafa Potshot. This is the one, though. I mean, I thought, God, this is the one that I would have loved to see us bury. It didn't, but sure enough, an even bigger chance came later. This was agonizing, honestly. It's what a right foot he has, wide. I mean, you want to talk about the guy having a good right foot. This is exhibit A. This is a beautiful, beautiful ball. And it almost looked like it. I mean, it looked like it was going in. Of its, it's own going cord. And, and Onana's basically halfway down the touchline celebrating with his head just like, and at the last second, De Gea just gets that hand on it, touches it wide. And then that just sort of unleashed a barrage of us pressuring Everton corners. Pickford gets called up. Pick, the announcers were like, oh, Pickford wants to come up. Frank's sending him up. He almost gets his head on the first one, and which was crazy. Would have been... You know, a massive storyline to equalize at the death. Unfortunately, it comes up a bit short. Uh, but we did, yeah, those three corners at the very death of stoppage time were the last gas of hope. And I was still hoping that we might find a way for Dominic Calvert Lewin to get his head on one or somebody, but alas, it was not to be. It was not. And and look, I mean, you know, Understat had it pretty one sided, one point eight three XG to point three seven. And and look, it felt that way. I mean, the only real massive chances we had or decent chances we had were really those ones at the end, and mostly they were half chances, even if it was hard and and crazy and kind of nuts at the time but ultimately look i mean we we got done i mean they, they did better than us they were the better team we deserve to lose they deserve the three points and it's disappointing because i know manchester united does not look all that great recently but look they've got a lot of talent a lot of teams we've been playing to have been missing some guys recently southampton certainly was and you know pickford finally didn't stand on his head so that's what happens i mean i really you know i, I don't know what else to say um I'll tell you what, I had some trouble too trying to figure out good performances and bad ones. I, I went with the Wobie, but I, I don't know. I mean, he had the big mistake. Yeah. I think, that, you know, it's a harsh punishment on that mistake. And uh, look, he had a great goal, though. I mean, you can't deny that. I mean, he had two key passes, he had a tackle, two interceptions. 
second on the team in touches. But look, when he plays on the right, he's limited. Basically, you're resigning him to staying outside wide and firing in crosses. And that's what everyone critiques him for. He actually crosses his numbers are much better crossing the ball on the left side than on the right side because he normally tucks inside. He's good at those tight little kind of narrow crosses to the far post. You know, he's not good at these wild, wide in swingers. He was zero for six in crosses. No surprise. One shot beyond the goal. And that was his left footer coming inside with a bunch of traffic. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think he was decent. Um, but again, I hate him on the right and I hope he never plays there again. Yeah. I, so Ryan foreshadowed, I struggled to pick an individual player besides a Wobi for the goal that really deserved to be even credited as good. I think it was a, a pretty poor all around team performance, but McNeil offered a little bit when he came on, but ultimately I actually gave props to the commentary crew on the broadcast over here in the States, mostly for just not being atrocious. I thought they were pretty passable. They didn't say anything that enraged me too, too much. And they also deserve a lot of credit for describing Onana's legs as telescopic after one of his uh, nice little challenges. I can't pick another guy on in the Everton team, honestly. And they didn't, uh, when they got the, the handball call, they gave fair due. They said, that's the call. That's the right call. And let's move on. Normally you'd see, I mean, they, you know, complaining about how ridiculous it is, blah, 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 and just sort of anti EFC bias. But they were very complimentary of us early on of our recent style of play, which, okay, that's nice. Maybe not accurate, but it's nice. And uh, they were never really too uh, negative throughout against Everton. And that's something I'm so accustomed to that it was nice to not have to listen to that. I mean, I didn't hear any Liverpool references. So uh, yes, to me, also, that was a point. miracle because everyone always seems to try and work one in because at least one of the two are a Liverpool fan or supporter. Um, bad performances. Again, we don't like to get too picky here, but there were a lot of them. Um, I think the back line was pretty badly exposed. I'll say this. I thought Mikalenko hung in there a little bit, even though he was completely uh, the matchup wasn't good for him against Anthony. That being said, I don't think Anthony needed to be very aggressive going after him. And I think that 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 was true. I mean, because he still had a goal, had three key passes. He he just knew he didn't have to take any risks that way. So, I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how do you how do you view that? And he, he, he almost gave Casemiro a goal. So I can't give him too much credit. I, I thought Cody in particular was probably the weakest link. Um, the thing is normally he can make up for it because he's really good on the ball. And today yeah. he was not, I mean, he was one for seven in long balls. Even a couple times he tried to switch the ball over to Mikalenko when they were way off, which is rare for him. He got completely rinsed on the Ronaldo breakaway. He had no prayer of stopping and there was literally nothing he could do. He had a couple interceptions, two clearances, but I mean, you just cannot continue to back up. And I, and I think people rightly, rightly, um, criticize the midfield for not being great, um, spatially, and and just shape wise, but you know, even Tarkowski will step up sometimes. Cody kept stepping back, kept stepping back, back and forth. So ultimately, you get to the point where we're so deep in our own end, we can't break out. And I think I think you saw a little bit today why he struggles a little bit in a back two. Uh, I thought Frank almost would go into a three at one point and let Cody maybe dictate a little bit. Maybe that would upset their shape. Um, at least give him something else to think about. But, you know, Cody wasn't on his game today, and and maybe it was all the talk about everyone immediately exercising his option, which I, I don't understand talk <laughs> like that. Just wait until the end of the year. A lot can happen yeah. here. What are we talking about here? I mean, that's it's so strange. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, we've been giving up a lot of chances, right, James? And so yeah, it's we've just been a matter, couple- matter of time when they're finally going to make a couple. Yeah, I think I, I do think it's that simple. And the fact, again, the teams we've played as of late are frankly just not that fair, not that good. And United also haven't been playing that well, but just based on pure talent on paper, they're far superior to most of the teams we've played in recent weeks. The unbeaten run comes to an end. My bad was Adrissagana Gay. Unfortunately, he was so good and has been so good since coming into the team. But today he just looked completely off it. Um, he had a couple of interceptions, but otherwise it was either anonymous or just outright poor. He was over two in tackles. He had the giveaway, which obviously led to their first goal. He was dispossessed once. And some of that's individual mistakes, but also just the general tactics, the disorganization in the midfield didn't do him any favors. I think when we were playing a more simplified, structured approach, that at least allowed him to do the things he does well. Um, being that sort of quarterback of the midfield, sitting deeper, directing traffic, disrupting play and whatnot he got caught out at forward a few times so just overall sloppy there again you could have picked basically anyone else yeah. in the team but i i 
chose to pick on him a little bit. I almost picked Anthony Gordon because I thought he was also horrible, but I digress. I, one of the issues I have is Ghana still has some old tendencies where he wants to chase the ball a little bit. Um, and while I think he's changed a lot at PSG to become more of kind of a, a positional player, I think when you suddenly unleash him the way we did today, I, I think it feeds into some bad habits. And unless you have some really senior players, and I know these guys have played a lot together recently. Onana's not the Onana's had problems with his positional awareness in the past because he's very young and he's an experienced player. So I, I don't think any of them did themselves any favor. It's just hard to tell if that's a Frank thing or a Ghana thing. So let's get into the summary, James. We got a lot of good comments. I think I'm, I'm proud of our listenership. I really am because I feel like there's a lot of objective stuff here. It's not jump off a brill bridge, like crazy hyperbole stuff that just, you know, too many people, it concerns me. People use Twitter as kind of like their, outlets in a strange way yeah. um so I, I appreciated at least the attempts at valuable discourse it feel, it makes me feel good it feels like you know that's what we try and do with the pod and and i love our audience for it so let's start with the first one i mean i think this this summarizes a lot and, and it brings up the press and i think that's a really important point yeah and, and i agree ryan i mean we, we typically get very good comments some very good ones this week and it is just sort of a, a, a reality check for a lot of people like you know, some of it is okay. We haven't had anything positive to really get behind in a long time. We were on an unbeaten streak, but like I was just when I saw this week, like the Connor Cody thing, like you already called out, <clears throat> and uh, everyone saying we have the best defense in the league and all that sort Stop of stuff. That. It, just, and I get that it's like a meme and it's like fun, but it's also like you're just gonna you're you're just setting yourself up to get hurt again, guys. Well, just, well what I don't understand, James, is my the response there shouldn't be. Oh, let's praise every English player. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but I feel like that's what it is. Praise Jordan Pickford. Like we, I criticize Jordan Pickford probably more than anyone because I'm trying to look at things objectively. He has been phenomenal this year. Phenomenal. He's kept us in games. I mean, that's really the message should be. And I, look, I think we like the dads, you know, the characters, the Cody and Tar. Sure. I mean, we enjoy them. We really do. But they are what they are. And, yeah. And and I, yeah. And, but, but look, Dr. Death, Steve Williams here is point at steve m williams is the right one i thought we were very static with the ball so frustrating how we couldn't beat their press and constantly lost the ball when that happens with this back line this is the matchup you don't want with these guys right um no threat from wider areas either with gordon poor again right james i mean you said it um good as dc good to see dcl back and interesting to see if him and mope could work together in the future i don't know if that makes any sense but i will say this I don't think it's crazy that Mope couldn't play in some different roles. And I think in today's example, where I thought the referee let a lot of things go, that makes it really hard for like someone like Lindelof can now overpower the moped, even though I think a lot of what he was doing is grabbing him. And you saw Mope got mad at him at one point, shoved him pretty good. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't him. I think it was Martinez who he shoved. But that's the thing. If you let the guys grab you, I mean, yeah, sure. Of course, your defense is going to look fantastic. So I felt like it was a little bit of a double standard, but that made it hard. And look, we talked in the past. We already said it earlier. We struggle when teams pressure us. And let's hope this isn't a blueprint for other teams to try and take advantage. Yeah, if you haven't already, you can go back and listen to our, our squad assessment episodes from years past, um, and you'll see that you know a lot of this has been showing up in the numbers. A lot of the weaknesses of this team have been very obvious for a very long time, and you may already be aware of them, but if so, you still might find the squad assessment illuminating in some sense. Next, we had Hugh at Aust Toffee Art. It feels like we had to sit deep to protect the back line, which really hurt our ability to generate chances. But then when we did move up, we get absolutely punished for it. It shouldn't be as simple as one pass into space to bypass our entire defense. That's very true, and we kind of already touched on it. But but Hugh says it very well. It's you're 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 darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. Like which which path do you choose? You're we're kind of we kind of got rinsed either way, no matter what option we picked today. Yeah, and you ran into a side that played well. I mean, really, even though they were tired, I, I thought they made good decisions with the ball and they made it tough on us, especially in the first half. Second half was open, though. We still had chances. I mean, that's the heartening part, right? I mean, we still had some opportunities sure. there and maybe it would have been undeserved, but it would have been fantastic. So um, I'll tell you what, though, man, this United team, what they're going to do this year, I guarantee you, is they're going to beat a lot of the bad teams. You know what I mean? And they're going to go up the table as a result. I think they will struggle against the top teams, but I mean, it is what it is. So, all right, David Taylor at D Taylor 334. We looked like the team who had a midweek match. Interesting. Gave them way too much credit. Onana and Guy not in it. Took our foot off the gas after the goal and couldn't manage to get our heads on countless crosses into the box. A reminder that we're very much a work in progress. 
yeah, it's very interesting considering how tired they they must have been. I would love to see the duels one stats because I really felt like we lost a lot of battles today. Yeah, I I think so too. I mean, we were there for a lot of plays, but the execution, those moments, the fifty fifty balls, those sorts of things, just w- weren't really going our way. And you'd hope that you know a lot of what we've done successfully this year has been, you know, high energy being on the front foot in certain, certain situations. And we just didn't get much of that today. United, we've talked about, we want Everton to take the air out of the ball. United did a pretty good job of that today by way of possession. So um, there's only so much, so much we can do with the talent disparity. And then we had uh Clevy, Matt Clevy rhymes with Chevy at Matt Clevy, bad mistakes, poor organization in midfield and build up play that was there at times last week, not evident today. Poor in transition with no outlets from the forwards when we got possession. Good effort and SP bleep. You can put fill in the blank there for you, for Spirit. you folks at home. Oh, you said it. You never say it. Yeah, just good effort. And, <laughs> good effort and spirit redacted at the end. Not too upset. Feel like we lose the 6-1 last year. Well, that's that's a good spin, Matt. I really like the positive spin. We, last year, we would have lost the 6-1. We only lost 2-1. So it's a good result. Um, that's, I mean, that's Everton fandom at its finest. Well, I'll say this. If they didn't have the midweek game, I kind of wonder. Um, I, yeah, I think the second true. half was helpful to us in that way. Um, yeah, and, and this, this, I have the comment here. I think we already talked about it, the officiating, how inconsistent it was and how one team could grab players and it was perfectly fine. And I mean, Bruno Fernandez just took out Tarkowski, no yellow. Uh, Luke shot one point had a bad foul, and then kicked the ball away. Like, yeah. blatantly kicked it away, which is an automatic yellow. Nope. I, I just don't understand. Like, t- they, teams can tactically foul us. Someone's breaking away, and they just take our guy out, and it's not a yellow. Some other guys, it is a yellow. And in Alon's case, it's a red. I, I'm sorry. I harp on that one all the time, because I think it is literally one of the worst, it's worst so calls I've ever seen so in my life. And I said it then, and I still maintain. I, like, I just like do not understand the game of football. Like, that is just a shocking decision. Uh, I don't think, you know, we mentioned under stats XG. It's probably not as sophisticated as model as the XG philosophy. Again, stats bombs, I think, is the best, but they're not out right away. What do we think of this number, James? 0.68 Everton to 1.69 Manchester United. Probably at least half that, if not more, happened in the last five minutes. We think that's about right. We think it was deserved three points for Manchester. Yeah, I mean, we just we just didn't play well. It's it's really we, we we've kind of said it all at this point. I think the XG favors United. The balance of play, the eye proverbial eye test favors them. They were the better side, without a doubt. Now, in regard, just quickly, in regard to the referee, I feel like we should just record like a five minute segment and leave blank spaces for player names. Seriously, and then we can just every pod just replace it, like replace the United player put in the Southampton player and just run that segment every episode. It'd be kind of a good bit, honestly, but it's true. It was, it was horrible again. It always is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it, we got beat by a better team. What are you going to do? Yeah, seriously. It's like the the Brian Wilson thing going into Capitol records where he like plays the recorder. Like that's (laughs) what, that's what it feels like. And I I don't think things are going to get much better than against Spurs. Uh, Although I think, look, I, I truly think style wise, I think the 10 hog teams are about as bad as it's going to get for us personally. I think the way they play. So I think combined with, you know, you have a stylistic issue combined with some player profiles and an organization and some skills that make it hard for us. And, and, and we just didn't play well. You know, I mean, I think Frank had an idea how he wanted to play and I think we just got disorganized and, and maybe he learned something that we're not quite ready to kind of vault and do anything a lot more sophisticated yet. Um, be very interesting to see how he responds, but it'll be a very different game. You know, Tottenham wants to sit back a little bit and, and counter. And I think Harry Kane's very difficult to play against, but I think that's a team that, you know, fine, we we'll, fine bag in there. We'll ditch on in there and li- give them the ball. And, and, and I think it's just a better matchup. You know, it's just, um, it's just is what it is. And I, I really thought this was going to be a blowout. So to me, the fact that we're in it and almost had a chance to steal it at the end, I think is, is not the worst. You're in the Clevy camp. You're like, this could have been 6-1. Yeah, I do. Well, I saw the matchup. Until I saw the lineup where I saw that they were playing a lot of the same guys, I was like, oh, man. Like, okay. But look, I mean, they spent, you know, six million pounds on a third-year-old defensive. I mean, it's just, um, I will say this, though. Manchester United, eventually, if they can keep the one, keep Ten Hag, because they're going to screw up the sporting director thing above him anyway. But if they can keep a single manager and and build off that, I mean, you're going to see the same thing as you saw with Arsenal. Yeah, it's the, that's been their problem for the last very much decade. Is there's they pull the trigger too early or make the wrong hire and then get you know some cost because they can buy anyone. 
mean, they could spend. Well, no, I think that was the problem right. this year. I mean, they couldn't get who they want. Like Schumani is like, no, I'm going to Real Madrid, you know, and they weren't willing to play, pay Bobacar Kamara the crazy amount of money that, that Villa is paying him. And so they decided to overpay for Casemiro because they can. I mean, yeah, right. It's it's nothing to them. So, but, but look, you know, there's still some good things. It's good to see Alex at Wobie put an incredible goal. And yeah. uh, it's a shame that things weren't. It's just an odd game, you know, and I think yeah. we move on. Yeah, I think so, too. I, for one, am just dreading seeing Richarlison match up against Everton for the first time next week. But true, um, it'll be a little bit sad. Hopefully he doesn't score. And if he does, hopefully he doesn't celebrate. I think he'll be more tactful than that. But yeah, I agree. I mean, on, I mean, you know, you say Ten Hogs is united. It's probably the, one of the worst matchups for us. Um, City and Arsenal look pretty darn good, so I'm also a little concerned. About, but, but, but I know even, what you're but saying. But even was, then, I mean, I, I'll sit back and play against those guys. You know what I mean? And and really pack it in and grind it out. I think I think Ten Hag is even more aggressive in terms of dealing mm-hmm. with defenses like that. Um, and this personnel, I mean, they just had a lot of guys that could score. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I mean, look, I mean, City's got more goals than everybody else in the league by almost two to one. So no matter what we do, by the way, we play them on New Year's Eve. Oh, good. Right, so none of us will not remember it anyway. So it sure, matter. oh, good. Well, good, because Erling Holland's going to score like 50 goals. In one <laughs> so, yeah, he might. Let's hope, hope Yeri gets healthy by then, because Yeri will like body slam. Oh, that, I want to watch. The, put him and I Tark in there. Put him and Tark in there, like tag team wrestling style. Just, just. I don't even need to see the rest of the game. Just <clears throat> focus on that area of the pitch with Yeri, Tark, and Holland. I mean, it'll be at Holland's, you know, in that our final third most of the match anyway but yep. just to see all the interactions there will be great but we digress folks i think that is a good spot to wrap up on this one edition of the american toffee podcast been a while since we've had to discuss a loss hopefully this was an enjoyable one at least as much as it can be for you to listen to if you did enjoy it please leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice much appreciated follow us on social media usa toffee pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and join our Discord, invite.gg slash ATP. Links in description. Check it out. Appreciate your support as always. Give us any feedback you have. We're open to anything. Otherwise, we'll be with you next time following Spurs. Until then, up the toffees.